We're going to begin this morning in 1 Corinthians. Um, we'll begin with the conclusion of the message. Does that put you at ease? Okay, I'm just asking. All right. 1 Corinthians. We'll look at chapter 1, verse 18, and we'll read on down. As we continue uh, to think about the cross and the, uh, the power of the cross, uh, we think about the power and wisdom of God. Because that's exactly what the cross is. The cross is the power and wisdom of God. And Christ's wisdom, God's wisdom, makes everything else foolishness. So we're right there in verse 18 of chapter 1. We'll read, uh, we'll just read. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and, and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. I love this verse. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification, 
and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for your word. Continue to give us a great appetite for your word. Give us a great appetite for fellowship with you, fellowship with our brothers and sisters. Lord, speak to us, help us, impart knowledge, truth to us. And Lord, edify during this time. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul, in, uh, in writing a letter and a rather lengthy letter of correction to these Corinthians, goes all the way back to the basics the fundamentals of the Christian faith. And he, he says it right there in verse 18, the word of the cross, the preaching of the cross is, is foolishness, meaning it makes no sense to those who are uninitiated to those who are in the world and of the world, the cross makes no sense. I mean, after all, why would a king die for his subjects? That's not the way it works. A king doesn't die for his subjects. But that's exactly the plan that God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that's the plan before the foundation of the world that God would send his son and rescue lost men and women, boys and girls. And he would save us from our, our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Well, it took the wisdom of God for the plan and it took the power of Almighty God to carry that plan out and see it through to fruition. Nothing short of God's wisdom and nothing short of the power of God. And the power of God is, and the wisdom of God continue to be expressed even today, through the preaching of the cross and through the hearing of that preaching, it is the power of God, this word of the cross. He says it's foolishness to those who are perishing, to those who don't understand. They don't understand the cross. They don't understand the grace of God. They don't understand Jesus they don't even understand their own sin, that the wages of sin is death, that, that our sin separates us from God. They still have this idea that, you know, we're, basically we're good. 
And so rely on your self-righteousness and do what you can and one day you'll make it. But that's not the way it works. Our God, as we've sung about this morning, is a God of love. And he's also a God of judgment. Both are true. He quotes the prophet here in verse 19. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where are they? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? The world is full of its wisdom, but the wisdom of the world is man-made. The wisdom of the world is not really wisdom at all. It's just foolishness. We have example after example of the foolishness in our modern world. We don't have time to talk about those things. The wisdom of the world, man-made wisdom, man's invention. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. That's quite a statement at the world in all of its wisdom. You can think of, you can think of any sector of society. Think of the university, you can think, whatever, government. The wisdom of man that is in those various parts or aspects of society, that wisdom will never get lost men to God. All of that wisdom is a dead end street. The only way to get to God is to rely on the wisdom of God and trust the wisdom of God in the sending as he sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth to live and to die and to rise again from the dead. To trust that wisdom, to trust that God. He is the wise God, the only wise God. I love this part right here in verse 21. If you look at it, God was what? Well pleased. Do you know it pleases God to save souls? It does. It pleases God to save souls. It pleases God when he sees homes and families honoring God. It pleases him. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached 
to save those who believe. The foolishness of the message of the cross, the word of the cross. But it's a powerful message. And it's a message that comes from the only wise God. And it's the only message that is efficacious to our salvation. If we're going to be saved, it's going to be through Christ and what he accomplished for us on the cross. And anything beyond that is darkness and death. It's destruction. The Jews, they always ask for signs. Do a miracle. Remember when Jesus was dying on the cross, they even had the same, the same attitude. Come down from the cross. If you are who you are, come down and do a miracle. That was a whole Jewish mentality. He says it right here. Indeed, and that's true. Indeed, the Jews asked for signs. What about the Greeks? Well, he tells us, and Greeks search for wisdom. All their philosophizing. But what? And this is a but uh, right there, conjunction right there in verse 23 of contrast. The Jews and the Greeks are over here. One asking for signs, the other asking or searching for wisdom. But, and there's a sharp contrast there. We preach Christ crucified. Well, we not only preach Christ crucified, we live by that message of Christ crucified. It was his death. Then it was his burial. Then it was his resurrection. We preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block. Made no sense to the Jews. Uh, that's not a, big, a great sign to them. That's just foolishness to them, to those Jews. We preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block, and to Gentiles, what? Foolishness. Are we gonna, we're going to philosophize about Christ crucified? There's no point in talking about that. There's no point in speculating about that because that is that makes no sense whatsoever according to these Gentiles. But there's another contrast to those who are the called. And I would presume that's many of us here today. We're the called. God has called us. He's called us to what? He's called us to salvation. To those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks. So there's, there are some out of those two groups, out of the Jews and out of the Greeks, Christ, there it is, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I'm praising him right now that his power, the power of God was manifesting Christ, even as he died on the cross. And the wisdom of God is manifest in Christ as he hung suspended between heaven and earth on a wooden cross. That he died there, shedding his blood that you and I would be saved. That we would look to him in faith and trust and put our very lives in his care. If you've not done that, do that today. Trust Jesus. Trust the wisdom of God. Stop trusting your own wisdom. 
Stop trusting away with your own logic, your own way of looking at things and trust Christ. Look away from yourself and look to Jesus because Jesus is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I like verse 25, don't you? The foolishness of God is wiser than men. That's the truth. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling. All right, Paul's going to get personal with us. Consider your very own calling, your own salvation, brethren. There were not many wise according to the flesh. We're not going to get into how, how wise I was in the flesh. I'm glad my high school teachers aren't here to talk about how wonderful I was because I was anything but. I wasn't wise. Uh, there's, a, there's a picture in one of the, I think it was, I was a senior, maybe, I don't know what it was. That's a long time ago, but it's in the yearbook and it's right in the middle of class. And the kids have all their books open and mine's closed. But that's, there's not many wise. Now it tells you about how great and how loving, gracious God is. Not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God. There it is. It's a relief to know he wasn't just looking for the wise according to the flesh. And it's a a definite relief to know that he wasn't just looking for mighty or noble. But God chose. This is all of God. Salvation is of the Lord. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And here he's making reference to those that he has called to himself. The foolish things, the weak things, to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world and the despised. God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. So the power of the preaching of the gospel, the word of the cross, the power that's represented in that preaching, the power that is involved in our own conversion, that we were at one time in darkness, that we were at one time, we were full of ourselves, but that God has caused us to be born again by his doing. You are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and not only wisdom, but righteousness. He became to us that which is exactly what we needed. Because we do, listen, we do not preach that you can save yourself. We do not preach you can be good enough or you can 
you know, hopefully this week you, you did more good things than you did wrong things. That's not what we preach. Self-righteousness will not save. We need a righteousness as Luther, Martin Luther, that is uh, termed it. We need an alien righteousness. We need something uh, that is not of ourselves to save us. Thankfully, Jesus became that to us right there. Righteousness. You know, there's that old question. Everybody always, you know, asks uh, in a witnessing situation, you know, well, hypothetically, if you were to stand before God and he says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Well, you know, we hope that we're not going to plead our own personal righteousness. I'm not going to raise my hand and say, hey, I was a good boy. No, what, we're, what we need to do is plead the righteousness of Jesus. I, I'm not depending on my own righteousness anymore. I'm dependent on the righteousness of Christ. And even in that, we see the wisdom and the power of God. This is God's plan. And he accomplishes this plan by his own power. I mean, how in the world do we explain what has taken place today before our very eyes? I mean, is this just of us that we gather on the Lord's day? Is it just of us that, that, that Antonio, this was his day to be baptized according to his profession of faith and his desire to be baptized and to walk with Jesus? Is this a man thing? No, this is a God thing. This is what the Lord does. This is the power of God. It's, it's expressed very quietly and we're, we're seated and we're, and I'm a little animated right now, but I'm trying to hold it down. This is God's work. And we, I think we just lose sight of that. I mean, do we even fathom how important a church body is? How, do we even understand how important brothers and sisters in Christ are? How important it is to, to be here on the first Sunday of the month and to partake of a little piece of bread and, and, a, and a little drink. Just to be reminded of eternity and the glory of eternity. I mean, it's, it is the work of God. By his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. He didn't want you to get away. He didn't want to lose you. He didn't want you to be separate from him. He wanted you with him. So he became to us. There it is. I love that. Who became to us? Who became to you? Wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification. He has set you apart and redemption so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Praise be. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for the day. There's been much to take in of your work. So Lord, we, we want to say that we love and appreciate you. In fact, all we have are words. 
and a heart to open to you and to just simply express our worship. We do not boast before you. We humble ourselves in worship before you. We thank you for your work in our lives and Lord, the confidence of knowing that you will complete that work. Your word says you begin the work, you'll complete the work. And Lord, I pray for those, there are those here today truly searching. There are those here today looking for answers. There are some troubled. There are some possibly, Lord, at the, at the end of the proverbial rope. And God, we would pray for them right now. Knowing that all that's needed between here and glory is Jesus. Because once we have Jesus, we have every spiritual blessing needed and we have every physical blessing. And the knowledge that Jesus will see us through this life and into the next. So Lord, we thank you very much for this time together and your word and your people, edify your people, save the lost, sanctify the saved, and all to your glory and honor. For it's in Jesus' name that we ask, amen.